Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate. So, Kev, we start with uh, with another letter. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, this comes from Philistine Phil, who says, could you start the show off again with one of your naughty songs, please, Ooh. so I can chuckle like a silly schoolboy? Yeah, all right. Oh, A is for all and B is for balls, C is for cops and D is for t- E is for eggs and F is for f- G is for cookies and H is for No, not that starts with a W. Ian Collins wants a word. Was that naughty? It was fairly naughty. Had to bleep stuff. Yeah, well, if we if it continued any longer, I think there would have been a lot more uh, bleeping. Off, Ofcom. Ofcom, don't come around here, mate. It's off pod. Off pod. So Ofcom had nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us. I said there might be somebody listening from Ofcom. If you are listening from Ofcom, <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I believe yes. it, the regulator around here is off pod. They uh, they go around and um, like to cause trouble where they can, but um, have no actual real power. And check your pod. Yeah. Love them. Uh, what are we starting with, Ken? Lo- loads to get through in this episode. But I, I would imagine we'd be failing like fools if we didn't start with some questions. Questions and feedback via social media. Love all that. Etc. From Dan Dan, the qualified physiotherapist man. <laughs> Dan says, kids today just don't know they're born, do they? No. Whatever happened to footballs being accidentally kicked up onto roofs or other inaccessible places? I is think what still- he's saying is you just don't see it anymore. Do you remember if they went on a garage route and then somebody had to climb on the garages? Yeah, yeah. And that would always be a bit of a risk. Oh, my God, it's going up. There wouldn't always be an accessible way to get there. No, but you would also see, like, if you were uh, in a car or something, you yeah. would see a old orange football that had been stuck in a gutter on someone's always house there. for five or so ten we years. So we have a football, uh, an abandoned, uh, stroke, lost football deficit going on out there. There was a fella, uh, when I was growing up, who had a... It was a council house that he lived in, but it was one of the... You know, every now and again, a council house lucks in sort of the end house. has a massive garden. Yes. And it's a pretty good house as well. You know, some of those that were built back then and all the rest of it have survived the time. And this fella had such a house, and there was a a huge brick wall, almost kind of castle-like, that that surrounded it. And he decided he didn't want any kids going in his garden because if you ever got a chance to look over, which was difficult, and I'll tell you why in a second, but if you ever did you realise what was in there was kind of a bit of an Alan Titchmarsh number. You know, Monty Don had been on the vegetable patch. This oh, was I a, see. This was a place that looked as if it could win awards. So you had it all going on from the flora to the edibles. Everything there was getting beautifully uh, green, verdant expanses of nicely lawned grass. It was just stunning. And his way of dealing with this uh, was to put broken glass cemented into his wall. I have seen this before. All the way round, yeah. the whole wall, yeah. uh, which would clearly be... In fact, I must go back there and look at that and see if it's still there. I think it was because... It would clearly be illegal, wouldn't it? I, I think it would be, but wasn't it... Because, you know, metal railings all got taken away in the war to build tanks. Yeah. Uh, so you couldn't have metal railings. I have seen I the just say this wasn't thing. during the war. No, 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 I'm not saying it was. But if you, you know, rather than put your expensive metal railings back, you might just want to smash up a a bottle of uh, Newcastle brown ale and have that sticking up. That's true, but he wouldn't have had railings, would he, as distinct from a wall? Well, maybe his wall was there because... I don't know. I think he was just a cantankerous bastard. He could have been. I think it was. Do you think, though, there's an element of the reason that, uh, like, 
footballs and to a lesser extent things like frisbees don't get stuck in places is because of those terrifying public information films from the 70s when you'd have kids playing with a frisbee or kicking a ball and it would end up going into they, they, seemingly they're in a field which seems to be next to a power station That's right. and the frisbee gets stuck in the power station yeah. there's a little bit of the fence that has come away so they crawl in there and climb up a pylon and get fried all in the name it of worked. Kite, all in the name of kite retrieval. <laughs> yes, but it worked clearly because people don't do it anymore. I never went up a pylon. No, you couldn't really. Go on, get it. We're not supposed to go Ooh. in there. Oh, go on. There's a gap down there. A gang of kids broke in yesterday. I saw them. But, you know, all of these were just sort of uh, terrifying. Yeah. And there's nothing like them these days. So this generation are going to grow up to be yeah. frisbee-throwing idiots. Yeah, well, they'll never see that learn-to-swim one, will they, sir? So. <laughs> Speaking of idiots, uh, Flossie, the dead poet, writes, Kev keeps banging on about that Doctor Who. What happened to it? One minute it was on and then disappeared. Did they cancel it because it was a bit shit and that? <laughs> Oh, will it ever be a female doctor? I'd like to see Miranda Hart or Neris Hughes giving it some welly in the TARDIS. <laughs> oh, there's a contract. Well, let's deal with the first bit first. Where's it gone? What it, happened? It, it was on, now it's off. Was he not good enough? Oh, hello. <laughs> Molly Weir never showed up for episode three. No, he was great. He is great. Where has it been on? Well, they only do like 12, 13 episodes a year. So, so that's over 13 weeks and a Christmas special, maybe. Like so that was on for 13 special. weeks? Uh, yeah, 12 and then a Christmas special, I think it was. With Peter Capriano. That's him, from the Capriano family. That's the one. No, it was tremendous. I'm not, I know you enjoyed it. You just come on here pretending that you didn't watch it. I saw the first one. I told you I watched the first one. That's yeah. when he was in the Thames, wasn't it? With the dinosaur. With the dinosaur, and it just all looked a bit daft, really. Oh, there's always an element of daft with it, but you have to sort of you take that on Kind of reverted it? back to, here's a plastic dinosaur. No, it didn't. Little bit. No, it didn't. Little bit. Uh, female doctor... I would be inclined to say no. Can the Doctor Who plot, obviously already outlined in several books from yesteryear, would it allow for that to happen? Oh, yes. It would now, because uh, in the past couple of years, they have introduced the concept yes. of a Time Lord being able to regenerate mm. into the other sex. For example, you remember the Master? Bit of a bit of a dodgy goatee beard and yeah, yeah. scary thing. He's he's a lady now. Is that right? Yeah, he's a, he's a woman. So... Uh, there is precedent for it. No, I don't want to see the Miranda Hart. Neris Hughes? Uh, uh, Neris Hughes look, is probably about 87. Given the choice, I'd go Neris rather than Miranda, because Miranda, I, uh, we've spoken about this before, I, I don't get that. I no, don't understand I don't think it. anybody really does. No. Lots of people pretend they do. Well, somebody at the BBC clearly does. Yeah, but it, it kind of, it ticks a bunch of boxes. And, you know, people just, oh, look, tall, lanky, uh, buffoon-like girl falls over into a box. Again. Yeah. So you've got that on over Christmas and Mrs. Brown's Boys, which is another classic. But that was something like the most popular program on over the, the festival. Yes, season. I think it was the biggest uh, rated program. I don't... I can't even... No. Uh, from Greasy Gary. Gary writes, Lads, over this festive season... Hang on, this looks like a bit of a story. Andre, give me some uh, storybook-type music. Thanks, mate. You look very good today. I like the haircut. Don't get any ideas. Thought it was a hat. Might be a hat. 
And it looks like one of those hats in the 80s where, you know, people cut the top off. <laughs> and they, I bet you had one of those, right? Of course I did, yeah. 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 Uh, Greasy Gary writes, lads, over Listening this... Listening to the Rocksteady crew on the <laughs> <laughs> Lads, over this festive season, I was staying in my aunt's house. She's very clean and tidy. On Boxing Day, I fancied some Doritos <laughs> and salsa, so I cracked open a bag of Cool Ranch and fetched the salsa from the back of the cupboard. I thought it tasted a bit fizzy. It was then that I looked and discovered it had an expiration date of May 1998. Get in there! <laughs> that's, that's stunning. How far do you go on the sell-bys? Well, how much do you risk, though? I mean, that's the other thing. Do you do you risk it and sort of say, okay, well, all right, I'll give you a, a few a, weeks. A definitive, a definitive example. Okay, so this morning went to the fridge to make uh, coffee, and the milk was one day out of date. Would you right. or wouldn't you? Well, I I think putting milk in coffee is sacrilege. But other than that, you don't put milk in coffee. No, you just drink it black. Really? Yeah. Uh, but then I do like a cappuccino, which completely invalidates my argument. Completely, yeah. yes. So, one day, that's all right. Okay. So, some tasty uh, honey roast ham you've just found in your fridge, and you get in late at night, and there's nothing like a ham sandwich if you're feeling a little bit peckish. Yeah. But it's five days old. No, I'd chuck it. Would you? Yeah. An egg, one week old. Uh, eggs are fine. Meat, I think, dodgy. Eggs, I think, are more used But isn't by, it really the or... sniff test? I mean, you open it up. <laughs> sniff and... an egg. Sniff the ham. You love the old conch in there. Right. And have a little sniff. And if the ham smells fine, it's probably fine. I don't... I think with meat, it's too dodgy. Too dodgy. But then I'm quite... I'm getting really funny about bread these days. Yeah. Bread lasts forever now. Well, the thing is... Bread and milk lasts forever, too. Yeah, but if you get your average loaf of hovis... Yeah. um, Medium cut. What'd you call me? Also, uh, I think the thing is about bread, though, if it's usually over a few days old, and yeah. this is a phobia, it might be fine, but I can't eat it. I actually can't eat it. because toast it? Uh, maybe. But I told you about the, the bread conspiracy we talked about the other week. Uh, it, you take it out of freezer, it defrosts in about seven seconds. Yeah. An entire loaf. In fact, if you want it quicker, stick it in the toaster. Are you a, are you a mighty white man? No, I like the 50-50. Oh, I see. Uh, you're, you're King's... I was going to say King's Wood. No, but you can get a Hobie's 50-50. Do you? And you get a King's... What's it called? King's Mill? King's Mill, King's yeah. King's Mill 50-50. Uh, and once upon a time, I'm partial to a bit of nimble. Oh, right. That's the tiny loaf, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you remember the commercial? She flies like a bird in the sky. Real bread, but lighter. Make it part of your calorie control diet. That one. Yeah, of course I don't buy that. Nans buy that. You see, I've got a bit strange as well on the bread front, because I'm, I'm all about wholemeal now. I was raised on white bread. Raised. <laughs> oh, get off. You are sh- <laughs> It wasn't even an intentional bad Oh, joke. dear. Are uh, they paying you a lot of dough for this, Kev? <laughs> Wouldn't mind a slice. Lordy. Um... But the reality is that uh, I was brought up on white bread, and now if I have white bread, it all seems kind of I'm the same. tasteless. I'm unless it's a baguette. Or, and, yes, correct. Uh, or if you go to a greasy spoon and you want a bacon sandwich, your bacon sandwich is not right in wholemeal bread. Mm. It's always good in white bread. 
Ordinarily, I'm not that fast, whether yeah. it's white in the middle or hot. I know what you're saying, yeah. But a bacon sarni, sausage sarni, does, something does chuck up rather beautifully if you have white. We should do a podcast all about bread. All about bread, why not? The Bread Podcast. From Philomena Glasswipe <laughs> in Kathmandu. Sorry, Philomena. Uh, Sorry, Philomena who? Glasswipe. Okay. Where? Kathmandu. Of course. Uh, Philomena writes, where have all the great comedians gone? <laughs> we used to have loads. Now we just have a set of doppelganger sorts who show up on BBC Two and Channel Four panel shows. Bring back Phil Cool and Jerry Sadovitz. I think there's something about the first point there. Uh, good comedians. Yeah, no, the, the, the point about the panel show thing. I mean, oh, I see. Obviously, you get some good comedians on some panels. That's true. But there does seem to be a kind of a, almost a type that has to sit within the panel thing. And they're trying to make sure they get all ages or sexes or colours or religions. And I think in, in doing that, you, you do kind of, you know, I've got a few mates that do those sort of things. Yeah. And many have had their work increased for no other reason than they're under 25. And some have had their work decreased because they, their haircut doesn't fit the, you know, the current epoch. Yeah. There are strange things going on in that respect. However, uh, Phil Cole, who we've touched on before. We have, very yeah. Very talented comedian. Jerry Sadovich, who the last time I saw, uh, wasn't on Channel 4 or BBC Two or anywhere else in that respect. It was actually in Sainsbury's, round the corner from this studio. Really? Yeah. And one of the most distinctive men you could ever wish to see. Yeah. Yeah, very funny man. Was he buying a loaf of nimble? That's what he was doing. He looks like a nimble man. (laughs) He was born in America. Was he? Hmm. Born up in Glasgow, but born in Baltimore or something. That explains it. Uh, speaking of Scotland, I'm guessing from Alua Cameron. <laughs> Alua writes, I remember reading that Stephen Fry drives a black cab he bought around London so he doesn't get bothered. What? Apart from drunk loonies hailing him on a Friday night or people pointing and shouting, Hey, that cabbie looks just like Stephen Fry. I'm perplexed by this. Can you shed any light? I think he did own one. I don't know if he still does or whether he still drives it. He used to... I've seen him around as well a couple of times. What, driving around? No, not driving around, just uh, mooching around. He's one of those famous telly people that looks like a caricature of himself. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he does, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know how he would ever... You know, I, I know I've known a few people who might stick a hat on or put a scarf around their neck and lob on some sunglasses. There's nothing Stephen Fry can do. No, I mean, especially as he walks around wearing an Apple T-shirt and carrying his iPad. That's always the giveaway. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I, d- I don't quite get the reasoning, because I, I remember seeing an interview as well where he said, I do this so that people don't bother me, whereas, I don't know about you, but if I see a black cab, I'm usually trying to flag it down. And if somebody who looks like Stephen Fry just drives past you, you'd yeah. think, you know, what a rude guy. Quack, quack, oops, quite frankly. That's exactly what you'd think. You know, and I'm not saying... Unnecessary behaviour. Yeah, I'm not saying he should be picking up passengers. I'm just saying that it's a kind of a... It's a, it's a strange deal. Who, is this somebody... Who else has got a black cab they mooch around in? I, I'd love to see the scientific explanation for why this seems to be a good idea. Is it one of the Gallagher's? Did one of the Gallagher's have one? May well have done. I've got a feeling one of the Gallagher's had one, and the guy that used to play Sanjay in EastEnders a few years ago, right. first Asian actor, I think, in a soap... Uh, who's a guy called Deepak, mm-hmm. who uh, I bumped into from time to time. He was walking up Oxford Street or something in London, and I'm sure he said it was a black cab, but he, whether it was or wasn't. And Noel Gallagher went, Hey, mate, you're the block from EastEnders. And um, 
they stopped and had a chat for half an hour, oh. which must have made Sanjay very happy. I'm sure it probably did. Uh, from Billy Casper, Swansea Billy Casper. Billy says, Collins, I hear you're a judge at the Political Book Awards. Really? Uh, did anything win that might be read by normal people rather than you clowns in media land? No, nothing really. <laughs> Not at all. Did you have to read some books? So Billy Casper's the guy from Kez, isn't he? You know the book Kez about the lad who has that's, the kestrel? That's right, yeah. That had Brian, who was the famous Yorkshire actor who was a wrestler. Brian Yorkshireman. Brian Yorkshireman. Yeah. Tetley T. Felt. That's him. him, yeah. And uh, he was a wrestler, wasn't he? I believe he was, yeah. Right, not Brian Glover, was it? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Him? Yeah. Yeah, that was Billy Casper. Killed Mikestro. Famous line. It's a of f- funny film, that is. It's, it's, just, it's like, like, a, yeah. it's like, you know, it should be called Carry On Kess, really. Here's, uh, here's Kestrel. Oh, what's your brother? Brothers killed Mikestro. That's, that's the film, really. They wouldn't make great pets, though, Kestrels. Have your fucking <laughs> eyes out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, Political Book Awards, which I was a judge in one of the categories. Do you know what? Owen Jones. His new book, My Arch Nemesis Owen Jones, was in the category I was judging. Oh, really? Which, uh, oddly, didn't win, didn't strangely. It? Did you have to read all of the books, or did you just yes. bits of them? Yeah. How many did they send you? Uh, there were six books, all in all. Okay. Uh, so my Christmas reading was things like Norman Fowler's Don't Die of AIDS <laughs> and Owen Jones' The Establishment. Yeah. Uh, et cetera. Right. So on it went. Yeah, it was, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was the lightest reading. No. I, I think Nick Hornby can sleep safely at night <laughs> yeah. knowing that uh, no kidding. that's all going on. Uh, and from Lisa, Lisa Schnitzel. <laughs> Lisa Schnitzel. Have either of you two ever been to a lap dancing club? They've not come along to ours. It's tits all round, and I'll give Andre a free lappy. Um... Yes, I've been to a lap dancing club a couple of times in yes. the name of investigative journalism. And that is actually true. Did you thoroughly investigate? It was. I wouldn't say it was horrible in the sense that it wasn't tacky, it wasn't... Well, it's a bit tacky, isn't it? I mean, let's face it, somebody whacks their... Whack, whack, oops, your face. Yes. That's a bit tacky. A little bit, yeah. Uh, however, it, it wasn't um, kind of down market in the conventional sense of the word. No. It, it wasn't some ropey, greasy, backstreet pub. But they're, they're not meant to <laughs> Where look Where are like these that. pubs? They're not meant to look like that now, are they? They are... Um, although, apparently, there are some boozers in certain places uh, that do their own kind of, you know, out-the-back-room lap-dancing sessions. Is that right? Which are a little more ambitious. Uh, no, I, I can promise you, Hannah, Hannah, I've never paid somebody ten quid to uh, give me a lap-dance. No. Fucking 50 quid. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I have, I have also been to these establishments, but I have not partaken in... Because they are also bars, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, often, yeah. You, know, you might find yourself, um, which I did on this occasion, it was somebody's birthday, and uh, off we went to uh, the pub and had a few drinks, and then somebody said, here's a great idea, it was a stag. Sorry, right. it was a stag night. Yeah. Somebody said, oh, let's go to this uh, particular lap. And I thought, well, that's a silly place to go on a, a stag weekend. It's not. I, I, I can see why they said it, but in another respect, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And uh, Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones was in there. Oh, fair enough. Which was kind of a bit weird. Yeah. Cool story, bro. <laughs> and finally, Why would he go there. He likes spending his money on tittage, 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 tittage. And finally, Esther from Retro Robbie, who writes, "I love to love, but my baby just loves to dance. Any advice?" She's not dancing in the uh, aforementioned clubs. But this is a genuine question. It's obviously a problem. He loves to love, 
But she yeah. likes to dance. Yeah, no, she loves to. She just loves to dance. So what does that mean? They're having a moment, and the lights have gone down, and music comes up. Yeah. And he's thinking, I've put on some very soft music. Yeah. And I think we're going to go for the horizontal hula. And <laughs> suddenly she thinks, not having that! And starts breakdancing. And starts breakdancing. Break! Uh, it's a real problem for many. Leave her. And I, I thoroughly expect to see Jeremy Kyle doing a show on breakdancing sex soon. I'd watch it. You'd be in it. Back for 2015, it is the feature that takes a long, hard look at life's knobheads. You know the kind of folk, those who, doesn't matter about their sex status or faith, they find themselves acting in a penile-based manner. They might be from the telly or the films. They could be your friend, your neighbour even. It's even possible it's your other half. Whoever they are, wherever they look, these are people who, from time to time, display such traits of sheer dumbass buffoonery, you find yourself concluding only one thing. Hey! hey! You're being a dick. Kev, do you want to start us off? I have two. Okay. Unusually for this feature. Yeah. Uh, the first is my postman, who seems to think it's a very good idea. When you've ordered a package online, rather than take it back to the sorting office, where I could pick it up at a convenient location, decides, but only when there's a storm in the area, to leave it out by some bins, so it gets shat on by the rain and just turns into a soggy bundle of nothing. Yeah. This doesn't seem to me to be terribly good practice in the postal service. Was it more Doctor Who memorabilia? Yes, it was. It was my uh, my papier mache uh, Peter Davison, ah, uh, which literally classic. nothing. There was just a stick of celery there. It was really disappointing. Really, but I don't. No, no, that was the Sylvester McCoy model you bought. <laughs> it could have been, but I don't. Uh, I understand they're doing it for your convenience, but equally. You don't know what's in the box. I had a wedding invitation arrive in a similar way, which for some reason, as he put it into the letterbox, clearly put a bunch of letters in, one fell out, fell on the path, stayed there for three days. Still no idea who it's from. Really? I do not know who's getting married, other than the front. You can just make out wedding invitation. Nothing. No postmark. Not a f***ing <laughs> Scooby. <laughs> not a clue. So if any of my mates are listening to this who are getting married, can you let me know? Yeah. That's uh, that's bad. And I like her postman, and I admire the postal service. They have a yeah. difficult job in in terrifying conditions yes. often. Uh, and the other one is Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, who this past week or so told ladies they should steam clean their vaginas, which she... apparently is a terrible idea. Quite a dangerous one, I would imagine. Yeah, I've or... got a steam cleaner. They're about 150 degrees when they get <laughs> yes. warmed up a bit. Well, the medical community said, no, don't listen to her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But apparently, she says, it freshens you up and keeps everything in the right order. Now, the only thing I can conclude is, we're saying that Gwyneth Paltrow is a dick. She's talking about vaginas. So, hey, Gwyneth, go f*** yourself. Yeah. Sorry. We got it, which is where the song came from, isn't it? We gotta steam it, steam it, <laughs> steam it up the f- <laughs> steam it, steam it. You're weird. I was going to nominate my little boy, actually, who managed the amazing feat of, despite wearing a nappy, to shit over his entire body. <laughs> yep, been there. How does that happen? It's the... Well, we took the nappy off. The nappy was almost unused, but it all decided to go out the sides and up the back. 
It's not a sight you want That's to see. A, it's a hell of a clean-up operation as it well. It is a hell of a clean-up. Especially around the front. Yes, and then what happened, of course, you know, in typical Sod's Law fashion, I'm totally on my own. I get the little mat out, put him on the mat. He's on the wriggle. He wants to wriggle around. Yeah. So you're holding him, and I thought, I've got everything here, nappy, got the pampers, pampers in that little plastic disposable box, open it up. Guess what? There was none in there! Oh, man. So then I had to leave him covered in the... And then go back to find another... It was... Yeah. I don't want to do that again. Keithy Boy in Dark Devon says, uh, I'd like to nominate as my dick nomination that pilot who locked himself out of the cockpit. You see this story? I did not. Sir. It's a beauty, this. Um, essentially what happened is the pilot uh, went to the loo and the loo was outside the cockpit, shut the door, there was a malfunction on the door, and then had to go into the cabin and say, uh, excuse me, everybody, <clears throat> uh, I'm your pilot and I've locked myself out the cockpit. Amazing. Can you imagine the collective reaction? It probably looked like, well, a bit like my little boy, I would imagine. <laughs> when he made that announcement. And the co-pilot, and I don't understand why the co-pilot couldn't open the door, but something jammed, uh, who wasn't that experienced. He was a navigator or something. He had to land the plane. Lordy. That's not terrifying at all as we head towards the Easter holiday season. No, not at all. Jimmy, the L200 driver, is hey. back with us. He says, I'd like to nominate the bureaucrat, and it must be some EU bureaucrat that decided it's now law to stick an A5 sheet of instructions in a packet of Nurofen. <laughs> I had a bigger headache after I'd finally extracted this map-sized piece of paper from a tiny box. <laughs> that is absolutely true. You it, is true. it is true. It is true. You get a small sachet of pills, mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be, for your headache or your bits and pieces, and in there is a, such a huge bit of paper that is completely disproportionate to what you take. And I assume it's in... I've never read it. Is it warnings? You never read it, though. You just bin it, don't Anybody you? Nobody read that shit? Yeah. Uh, this in from Lisa, the political realist in Aberdeen, says, My dick nomination is Gordon Brown. Uh, this man is so desperate to appease the Scots by seducing them with ideas that might make them vote Labour rather than SNP that he's now promised even more taxpayers' money, namely English taxpayers' money, on saying that he will increase pensions and benefits for the people of Scotland. He's also forgetting he's no longer the Prime Minister. I think he's saying his party will. I think it's, it is going back to Doctor Who. Once you've been the Doctor, you're always still the Doctor always to somebody. Mark the Red. Let's go for that Twitter bozo at ITV who tweeted that Ted Robbins had collapsed on stage but accompanied it with a photograph of Nick Ferrari. <laughs> I saw that. that How in amazing. the name of the Lord could this have happened, says Mark. Yeah. You see, I, did, I saw it and I did a swift Google search of Ted Robbins to see if Nick Ferrari popped up. Or, you know, it could have been three years ago, somebody did it, Nick Ferrari looks a bit like Ted Robbins, and that would be enough to pop you up on a Google image search. Yeah. But even that wasn't there. So, I, okay, they have certain, they share a certain rotundness mm. and a, a, a jovial at times. A love of life. A love of life, yes. Yeah. But how that happened, I don't know. I imagine somebody got an almighty bollock. I believe that. Um... Uh, last week, the, you know, Doctors, the popular daytime. Yes, I love it. One of the repeats had, I think, Ted Robbins in it, having a heart attack, which seems really terribly inappropriate. BBC. That's a bit inappropriate. There may well have been a furore, because uh, at time of recording, I haven't seen a furore yet, but you never can tell. This in from Dodgepot Jack, who ah. says my dick nomination is Djokovic, the tennis player. Why don't they just cancel all finals and just give him the f***ing <laughs> trophy? <laughs> this lanky old Portsmouth wins everything. He's not a man. He's an actual machine. I bet David Icke is on to him. Did you watch any of the tennis? I did, actually, yeah. yeah. I watched uh, Murray's, all of Murray's semi-final. Yeah. And I thought, that man's about to win his third Grand Slam. And then, of course, Djokovic pitches up and mullers him. And, uh, Final set, six love. Dear, dear old Kim, um, with her T-shirt, I thought was quite amusing. Clear play to her. Did you see this? parental guidance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. parental yeah. advisory. As somebody did point out, Dan Hodges, a journalist who I really like, if, um, if she'd have said what she said in a Millwall shirt, down at Millwall's ground, she would have been arrested. 
Yes, yes. Without any kind of doubt, for some yeah. kind of xenophobic abuse. But, you know, damage control. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Luke Palawalla Millawalla Brown. Really? From York. Who says, <laughs> uh, I'm going for the ticket inspector who tried to tell me my ticket was not valid when it was. He came out with some more guff about it being the wrong time to travel. Eventually, with two of his mates in tow, he relented, but then said, I'll let you off this time. Firstly, <laughs> right off. <laughs> Secondly, my redemption was complete when he got off the station and lobbed his leg between the train and the platform. He seemed to be in some sort of pain Ooh. as I heard him yelp. Suppose that doesn't happen more, actually. I know, it's a bit of a gap. It you, is you odd, should, isn't it? On some of them, it's a proper gap. You should mind you that. Should mind... Yeah. Lord. Uh, if you've got any dick nominations you want to send us, uh, usual drill, Kev at Once A Word or Ian at Once A Word. Now, as you've probably noticed, it's 2015, and if you're in the market for a shiny new motor to complement this shiny new year, then let me tempt you with a fabulous and very shiny Mitsubishi ASX. The ASX four-wheel drivability fused with urban agility is a true crossover, ready for every adventure. And right now, you can save £1,000 across the range, which start at just 13999 with some great finance options available. Want one? Just visit mitsubishi-cars.co.uk to find out more. And so it is that time, slightly random, uh, part of the podcast, because I don't know what's going to happen. Kev has 4.3 minutes to do his own thing. Kev. Retail! Who doesn't love a bit of retail? Love it. With that in mind, it's time for me to open another new store. It's Sideshow Kev's International Palace of Plumbing Perfection. (laughs) Featuring the very best in top-line materials for pro and amateur plumbers the world over. Now, if you've been following what's been going on the past, well, last week and this week, we do a little bit of role-playing here, a little bit of acting. I'm the shopkeeper. You're the customer. BAFTA stuff. Now, I've got this stack of cards here. Yeah. With the names of actual plumbing problems <laughs> written on. And I'm going to hold them up while we're acting. You know where this is going, everybody. And all you have to do is recite the card. Now, for the home listener, that means that when you hear this ding, that's me holding up the card, and that's the first time Ian has seen the Yes, card. I promise you I do not know what is on the cards. So let's get going. Yes. Andre, fire up the bazooki! <laughs> Good evening, sir. Good evening, Mr. Shopkeeper. Oh, I like your tan. Thank you. Have you been on holiday recently? No. How can I assist you today? Well, come in here because I need help. <laughs> With a wonky stopcock. Do you? Really, sir? A wonky stopcock? I'd suggest a replacement valve. Is there any other way I could assist you today, sir? I wonder if I could have some help with, um... With... <laughs> yes? <laughs> With a slippery reamer. A slippery reamer? The tool that prepares the end of a pipe to receive another fitting. We've got some on this shelf over here, sir. Okay. Is there anything else I can assist you with today, sir? Yeah, I've also got a problem with um. <laughs> with. <laughs> yes, sir. Is everything all right? I've also got a problem with opening my blow bag. <laughs> Is that so? It's a made-up one. Whenever you want to clear a stubborn blockage, you need. A good quality blow bag, and luckily we have them in aisle three. Fantastic. Well, put it in the basket. Is that it, or is there anything no, else? No, uh, there is a, a, another problem, actually. I've, um, I, I have a problem with, um, with, ha- with handling my sweating... Yes? <laughs> handling my sweating pipe. Is that so? Yes. Well, sweaty pipes are very difficult, sir, but if you want to grab some insulation from that shelf over there, 
You'll be well away. Don't go on, put it in the basket. I should tell you, sir, it's nearly closing okay, time well, for us here. More, can you do one more problem for me? Oh, I, I think I could probably help yeah, with that, I yes. Yeah, so, because I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir? I need some help with lubing my, my own... <laughs> oh, dear. I need some help with lubing my O-ring. <laughs> Never, made up. I've never heard such filth. Get out of my shop. Credit stream. And there you go, everybody. That is it for another week. It's uh, the next batch for 2015. There's another one next week. Next this week. Is very, very exciting. If you like what you hear and want to support this podcast, uh, make sure you download, uh, review and subscribe. Apple, iTunes and the like. Stitcher.com. You know what I'm saying. Yes. We had some music too, Kevin. Yes, Kevin McLeod in Competech.com did all of the sponsorship and feature music, you know. Thank you to our sponsors, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. You can follow us on Twitter at Once A Word. And next week, of course, we ramp it up a gear as we present, for the first time in 2015, a Once A Word special. Do we? I think so. See you then. Goodbye. A Big Things Media production. <laughs> Big Things! Ian Collins, Once A Word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate. Thank you.